welcome to season two of Summer League. I'm Brock Gordon, and I'm talking to people working in education about their ideas on how learning works in 2020. My guest today is Jalea Jones, who teaches and works with students in the Homework Cafe at Fusion Academy, The Woodlands. She runs a production company, Fresh TV, that's T-E-A-V, and is currently working on a short film this summer. Well, I've uh, just came back home. I've been working pretty hard, and I know it might not seem like it to me. I think it's more so me that it doesn't seem like I'm working hard. But I'm actually planning a whole movie, so I don't even know why. It just seems like I'm not doing enough. So, yeah, tell me about it. Okay, so what, my movie or this process or, like, what? Both. All right, so I want to say... I was on a I was on a set last January. I was on set January, and I was like, "Oh, I've never been on set before. This is pretty cool, you know, just to see the behind the scenes of it happening." I've never been on a set that wasn't my own. I guess that's what I mean. Um, to actually be on like a film set or a short film set or something like that, and I just really liked um, feeling like I was a part of a. a bigger thing um and then I went back on set like maybe in March um and I was like okay so it's time for me to start on my own project because I keep going to other people's sets but I'm not doing my own mm-hmm. thing and so I had this idea for a short film that I had been like thinking up in my head for so long but I had never started writing it and then I was just like I'm just going to write it. Like, I need to write it. I just need to do it. So I pushed myself for, like, months. So I was like, I'm going to write this. And it took me a while, but then I finally did it. And once I finished it, I felt so good about it. Um, I was like, well, I got to keep this momentum up. So I need to start getting together and with other people that are creative and they like doing filmmaking um, and acting and we need to get together and make this a thing. So I went on this little Facebook group that I'm in and um, it's called Houston Filmmakers. And I just was really excited that I would, I finished my script and I put that in there and I was like, who's ready to work? And then like 60 people hit me back. Like, I'm interested, I'm interested. But I said to email me. So if they were actually interested, they emailed me. So from there, I talked to those people, um, just had one-on-one conversations with everyone and just found how they fit um, in my movie. Sorry, excuse that dog. How they fit in my movie. Um, And I just decided to just do it. And so we start filming July 31st and then we should be done by August 3rd. Wow. Okay. So I picked my cast yesterday. That was pretty cool. How long are you thinking? How long is this? Um, I'm thinking no more than 20 minutes. Well, that's really cool. That sounds like fun stuff to work on. And you might get to meet some other cool people to kind of bounce ideas off. I have. So I have like a cinematographer for her uh-huh. and on the her because she's a woman. 
And um, cinematographer. I can't even say that. <laughs> her or like videographer. <laughs> Emphasis on the oh her God. part. Um, but yeah, a lot of my crew um, are women. Um, and when I was doing my research, I don't see a lot of women leading the, um, being the producers on the set mm-hmm. um, or really taking on all creative aspects of the project. And so just about, I have, I think, one man on my uh, set. It didn't happen that way, but I mean, it, it wasn't planned that way, but that's just how it happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been meeting a lot of people and keeping their contact just in case we ever want to do something in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I can't wait to hear more. Yes. The process continues. It's so exciting, Brock. I'm, I'm really excited. I've been hyper-focused on it. Like, I wake up every day at 8.30. It's it's not even an alarm. I think it's like a mental thing. I just wake up every day at 8.30. I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? And I just meet with everybody on the phone all the time, and we do Zoom meetings. Um, and it's just kind of difficult with the COVID situation and, yeah. and locations and actually meeting in person because I don't want to get exposed too soon or something like that. But yeah. Being as safe as we can um, with everything, so yeah. Is it going to be indoor mainly, like the shooting of this? Or uh, it's mostly indoor, yeah. I think it's a little trickier with the indoor, but I'm I'm guessing there's like some workarounds you can do. Yeah, I just decided that if I don't need that specific person, like of, that's a part of the crew, if I don't really need them there then they don't need to be there. Like my unit production manager doesn't need to actually be on set. Mm-hmm. Um, my set designer, she can help me days before to set up the location and she doesn't actually have to be there. Um, and then there's some people like the sound person, they're in a different room. So that's fine. Like they're listening from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to maintain as like as much space as possible. And in those like, enclosed places not have everybody in the same room if i don't need them in the same room yeah Mm. that's really cool yeah i've been thinking about it i've been trying to figure out how i can make this work um and then there were some people that like locations weren't hitting me back because i needed a restaurant and they were not hitting me back or they're telling me no so i was like what do i do i'm just gonna have to do something outside so even in this Texas heat, with these heat advisories, we're gonna be outside on for this date. For this date, so hot. yeah, it is really hot. But it's important that it's it stays humid because it keeps our complexion looking as good as it does. So, Julia, we just had graduation a couple weeks ago, and uh, my question to you just to kind of kick it off is um, what's your advice to people who are graduating right now, who are going out into the world? What kind of advice do you give just generally to our graduates? This graduation in particular was more special than most. I feel like because it was, it had been 
when this entire pandemic was going on and we had to get creative. Um, but what I was, you know, working with everybody and collaborating and putting things together, I was thinking about, you know, their experience just being seniors. Um, and with all this downtime that they have, my advice for them would have just been, um, it would be just to get as many certifications as you can. Um, the free online certifications like Google Analytics and um, what else did I Social media, um, stuff like that, content marketing, stuff like that, or whatever your desired um, field of study is, I would just get as many certifications as you can in it to make it look like this is something you're interested in on your resume, mm -hmm. um, especially when you go into college and you might do those internships. It just makes you look like you use your time wisely. Um, yeah. You can make the most out of a out of idle time. Which ones have you had experience with? Did you do the Google Analytics one? Yeah, I did the Google Analytics one. I did the Twitter one. I did content marketing. I did inbound marketing. Um, I did quite a bit. I did project management. I've done a, a quite a few. Um, yeah, a lot of courses. I've done a lot of courses over the past three months. And then ideally, it's like stuff that you could use in your own life, like I'm guessing the Google Analytics one helps you when you're building your website to figure out how, like who's looking at your website and that kind of stuff, how to use it wisely. So it's like uh, two birds, one stone. Like you get the certification to get something to put down on your resume, but you also learn something. So Right. And I wish one. that somebody would have told me these things when I had just left college like my undergrad I wish somebody would have told me in that downtime when you're looking to get into your field start taking certification courses um, to show them that you're already knowledgeable in this area I wish that I would have had that knowledge back then but it's just something to pass to someone else yeah make sure they have that um that knowledge to, hey, let me use my time wisely in some type of way, especially if I want to be able to um, stand out against other candidates in whatever job or career I'm trying to pursue. Do you think kids are going to go to college in the same way like after this year? I think a lot of people will opt to community college first. Mm -hmm. Um because it's closer to home in case something like this does happen where you do have to evacuate the dorms immediately, you would just have been living at home anyway. Um, I think that there will be a lot more online classes. Um, For sure. I think that, but then you do have those people that really want that, college experience um so they're gonna they're gonna go there they're gonna go to campus and they're gonna act like nothing's happening 
with that mask on. We'll see how that happens, you know. Yeah. I told you at um, my college they were talking about, like, we have to physically be there for part of it to teach the class because it's a studio class. And, you know, there's talks of, like, we're going to live stream the first day and then deliver um, supplies to the students. And then, you know, it's up to them to kind of come into class when they can and work on this stuff. But they were like, we're going to give you a face guard or no, sorry, a face shield and, you know, wear that with the mask and then you can do the class. So, I mean, they're trying so many different things. I would think that just for your safety and everyone else's, that the online route would be the way to go. Um, but I wonder how that works with art classes, like like classes that need to be hands on. I just wonder if that takes the fun out of it, or for that, or if that will just bring more creativity. Yeah. People. Because you teach, I don't know how you would do that from your house. They don't have the same material that you are live streaming with. Right. So, are they setting up? certain times like is it or is it by like appointment only that you would go into the into the lab to work on your your i think it's optional to go in during class hours to go work in person and then they're not otherwise you have to make an appointment so like you were saying so i think it's either or but i just remember talking with you and you were saying how you see us being open for maybe three weeks and then they're like Go back home. And I have I thought about that and I was like, yes, the fall is crazy. It's a season change. And that's when me as a child, I got sick the most during the fall. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of my peers were um, getting ill around that time too. So this is just, everybody's coming from home, bringing their germs into a yeah. central area. It's just... Okay, um, so let me flip the question around a little bit. What do you think we need to be um, most concerned with as teachers? And not necessarily in terms of COVID, but just like, what's, what's the most important thing for teachers to be working on and getting better at? Man, I think that teachers need to be ready for... Uh a huge gap in learning and that they should not be worried about um, tests this upcoming year. Probably, I would say for the next two years that state tests shouldn't even matter. Um, It should be about making sure that they literally understand what they were taught because there's a huge gap. Yes, we were doing it online, but nobody was like sitting down and showing them how to do things like not everyone and not public school specifically. Um, I think that teachers just need to get ready to reteach um, the same thing that they just taught, like, and be ready to have a lot of patience for their students who may have really just forgot what a lever was or like what a pulley is. Um, or primary colors. Be ready to reteach this because 
like to the same person because there's just been a lot going on and so much to focus on that I just find it hard that they remember yeah. uh, the scientific method. I mean, maybe this is a good chance to just kind of phase out that whole state testing, you know. I was reading the other day already, like, a lot of California um, public schools, like universities and stuff like that, are not um, – they're not making kids ex- uh, turn in an SAT, SAT or ACT score. So – I think a lot of the universities even are taking the first step and saying like standardized testing, we're just going to go off like grades, your writing, your recommendations, like all the other stuff. Um, Cause some kids just don't test well. It doesn't mean that they're not ready to further their education. Cause I think right. they take it as a sound to me, like I'm not good at it. And then they realize they don't like, they never, learn the rest of their life like you're trying to teach these people to um not only continue getting the education but like teach yourself a lot of things right and this is like testing anxiety is real i have it just knowing that i'm gonna have to sit in a space for three plus hours just answering question after question after question after question and that this this question or that last question will determine if I get into said school or if I even get to go to the next grade level like I don't think that's what we should be focused on when we get back to school at all at all I think that we first need to get our kids in love with school again because it's been a while, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh my gosh, I was just at home doing what I wanted to do, you know, and now I'm in a structured space. Why should I be here again? You know, for those yeah. kids that actually do start, that do come back to school instead of doing the virtual, they do need to, teachers just gotta get, teachers just need to get more creative, and I think that the states themselves need to worry about just making sure that we close those gaps and forget about any type of testing. Yeah. So um, you as a fellow, fellow uh, creative person here, like what, like what is something that kids are missing creatively? Like what? Like what do they need right now? Yeah. Maybe a better question. Is like what should kids be doing to stay creative? Like you well, have a big project. Yeah, so they're really influenced by just social media influencers, people online who seem like they have it. What they're using is their phone. Mm-hmm. So I think kids need to be more creative with their phones. You're on your phone all day. You're watching people. And you're like, oh, I love JoJo. I love this TikToker. They're awesome. You can get more creative by doing what they're doing. I know that I have this um, this former student that we talk about what he can put on his um, on his social media. Like, should I post this? Is this gonna get me like the audience? Is this if people gonna pay attention to this? Um, like he gets more creative in what he puts out there to the world because um, it's what he's passionate about. So as far as creative students, 
I would say get more creative with your phones. It's not just, um, it's a tool definitely to look at what other people are doing, but it can also, you can create a lot of things on your phone. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I think just being aware of how you're spending your time on your phone is like Mm -hmm. the first step because you could, you know, use your phone for nefarious reasons, or not nefarious reasons, but just in ways that require a lot of time. Um, that's not useful. But what you're saying is that it can also be a tool. You have to use it wisely and use it for ways that you can use your phone that you can't use a camera, like a giant camera. You know what I mean? Right. I can't um, use my DSLR camera and I can't upload my video right away. Yeah. Can't edit my video on my on my DSLR camera, but I can record my content and then edit it on multiple editing apps that are free, and then upload it to a free media platform. Like there's just so much that you can do, um, and it's a lot of content creation apps, um, and they can use their phones. Like if you use YouTube to research, that's the smart way to you know, get creative. It's just so many ways you can use your phone other than scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and playing animal farm Yeah. and candy crush and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So talk to me about where you are. We're in kind of separate, uh, areas. Are people around you wearing masks? People around me, I would say it's 50%. So, and I'm on the north side of Houston where um, I'm going into the store and there are some people who don't have a mask on. There are lots of people that do. Um, I'm pro-mask just for the simple fact that if I have something, I'm not going to give it to you or there's less chance that I will give it to you. Um, if I protect myself, you know what? I think that we should have been wearing masks a long time ago when we're sick. Um, I didn't, I didn't think about how helpful they are. And I used to see, um, people wearing masks all the time. I'm like, I didn't think much of it, but they were probably sick, you know? Like, and I didn't think like, oh, they're not trying to, they're not trying to, maybe it's not me with the germs. It's probably them with the germs. And then try not to give it to anybody else. Right. Um, right. So. I'm pro-mask. A lot of these other Asian countries wear masks when there's like a regular flu and everybody is getting sick to keep each other from getting sick. <laughs> like not just COVID, but in years prior. Um, and they had a much better response than we're having right now so yeah why do you think our response is the way that it is to mask i think that americans don't like to be told what to do and you know (laughs) and i think like in the way that maybe you and i would see um people with masks in the early stages of this whole thing and say, maybe I should wear a mask. I think it also works in reverse, unfortunately. So if everybody's wearing masks, but then one person is not wearing a mask, that gives them the, it kind of almost 
gives them a, well, this person isn't wearing their mask. I'm going to, I'm not going to wear mine. Like it lets them off the hook in some weird way psychologically. So I think like Americans work like that both ways. We are spoiled people. Yeah. (laughs) And knowing our, our rights, um, but still choosing to do what's best or not best for us. So it comes down to morals, I feel like. If 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 you don't want to contribute to the spread of a virus that we don't know or understand the long-term effects of just yet, and there's no vaccine for anyone, why not do your part and just that lady, that that elderly lady that just walked right next to you or your neighbor. Just think of the underlying medical diagnosis that they have going on that the coronavirus could just come on in and wipe them out for. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about you and your rights. It's about, it's about protecting people is how yep. I look at it at this point. You have to protect each other. Um, I agree. That's where I'm at with it. Other thing I was going to ask was so many uh, new ideas with uh, social justice, teachers rethinking how this whole thing is set up. Um, where do you think teachers should pay special attention to right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that teachers need to check their own biases right now. Um, before they go back to um, teaching students who have been exposed to so much right now mm-hmm. uh, in the media and the news, I think teachers need to, yeah, definitely check where they're coming from and understand their privileges or lack thereof. Um, because I feel like they will be able to navigate conversations easier um, and really understand where people are coming from. But if you're if you're coming in with a bias and not wanting to understand or to teach, then yeah. you're not. You have to understand that you are um, making it an impression on the youth who will eventually lead the country. Um, and if you're silent or you are subjective mostly all the time or silent the students will notice that um that's going to form their opinion of how they see people how they see you or how they see people in your exact position so if i as a teacher don't speak on things that are going on or if i just come in defensively all the time they're not going to want to talk to me and they might not want to talk to people that look like me um, and people that have the same profession as me because they feel like I don't care. Yeah. I mean, so far it seems like everybody's thinking is so, I don't want to say small, but like what it seems like it boils down to is like people take it personally. Like I didn't do this. I, they like, get defensive for one and like think so internally about this whole thing. And I think what I'm hearing is that it requires you to think bigger and grow outside of your own perspective 
and to do that, you kind of have to come to grips with who you are, what your identity is. It's wrapped up in so many different factors, um, how that fits within society. To move past it, you really have to like move past yourself. But then also like the question that I keep having is, are our students better at doing this than we are? And uh, other teachers have said, yeah, like they don't have the same kind of like baggage that we have like internally growing up in these old systems, you know, is it worthwhile or is it possible to like make that a part of your class, like learning together about social justice? I think it is because stay with me though. Stay with me. Hate okay. can be taught. Hate is taught. Uh-huh. You know. For sure. Biases are taught. Yeah. If I give you my opinion on something without think without speaking about the other opinion, then that's I'm definitely showing you my bias. I think that people are afraid of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. I think people are afraid, like, oh, my God, if I have another opinion, they're going to cancel me. I'm not going to be able to say anything. They're going to think I'm racist. My job is over with. I'm a Karen. Like, they just get all these. They get fear. A lot of people have fear in speaking up. But yeah. I do think that it should be a part of our classes because, like I said, hate is taught. And so if you can navigate the conversation to show your students, oh, you have these um, these assumptions. Let's talk about that, and make sure you never say it to anybody else. You know, the wrong person that really don't that might not know that you don't know. Because education is a privilege. That that is a privilege. Being educated is a privilege. Knowing things is a privilege. And so we as teachers, we have to check ourselves. Like we are privileged in knowing. We're privileged in also being educators, which means we are trusted to teach. We're trusted to inform and mm-hmm. to, to open our students' eyes to other things that we probably didn't notice at their age. That's probably that's what my teachers did. When they didn't know things, they didn't know what they knew at my age that I know. And so they were able to tell me through our learning. I was able to learn those lessons. Um, and you have a lot of power as a teacher and a lot of authority and you just, the way that you teach at this point, I think all teachers have a responsibility to, um, open their eyes to who they are and what their classrooms look like and how they can bring more awareness. Even if you have one person of color or no person of color in your classroom, these things still need to be talked about, still needs to be discussed. It, it, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's not all about racism. It just it can be institutionalized um, situations. It can be the government. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah, I think it's a powerful position as a t- teacher to have show some vulnerability too. Like, if that is the area that you're not safe with or secure about, like working through that in the classroom and just admitting that for a student. I think admitting you don't know something in front of a student is just anything like that is um, pretty good for your relationship with that student because it lets them know that you don't have to know everything. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I did know something, 
I never told a student like, oh, I knew that. I was just like, okay, wow. Like, <laughs> I did know it. It's it's fascinating to me that they know it. So I wanted to make them feel as though they're enlightening me and maybe they could enlighten somebody else with that same tidbit because that person probably didn't know. Yeah. And like you said, our students are, they are more, they may be more, um, capable of having these conversations. Um, but I, I believe that you have to open those doors as far as like adults and, and children having those conversations because they can have it with their friends, you know, yeah. but they may not want to talk to the higher ups, the boomers, as they see some people and like, oh, they don't understand the, they don't get it. You know, they live still yeah. in the, the, you know, a different administration, a different time period. But people are more fluid in who they are. Um, and, you know, they're just people are nowadays are like, yes, you're going to know who I am. This is who I am. This is what I am. This is how I identify. It's like they're more so out there. So I would say our students are, but they have to feel comfortable having those conversations and I think when we show vulnerability as teachers, then we can have those conversations. But if we act like we're all knowing, then no. Yeah. I think a lot of students get turned off by that. Because they're like, <laughs> knowing everything isn't everything because they have the internet. They can look up, like, they can look up anything at any given time. <clears throat> so they don't need that old person telling them, <laughs> like, facts about you know, anything. They need them to show them like as a mentor and as a like guide, like here's how you do this. But the facts themselves doesn't matter. And so okay, I was having this conversation with a student who we were just having like this communication block. Like not something wasn't quite right. And I kinda got the feeling like I was just annoying them like <laughs> trying to carry on with our lesson. And so the next day I was just like, you know what? I was, I've been thinking about this. Like I gave them like a real question that I had just about art and teaching. And like, do you think this is important? Because I've been thinking about this and that kind of bridged that opened the door for the rest of our conversation to just say like, what do you really feel about it? Cause I don't know. And I want your opinion. I value your opinion. How do you think we should do this? So it ended up being like, that was the thing. I was just holding up too much of a barrier, you know? So as soon as you asked what they, you know, their opinion, what they thought that just opened so many more doors. Yeah. <laughs> just like in general about, it was yeah. about a student objective. See, it was like, do you think this should be a student ability? Because this yeah. is kind of weird. You know, do you think this is an art curriculum? What should we be doing? You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what that's what really started it. I think what I love a lot about art is that it is infinite. You can't tell somebody what is art and what's not art. And there's no there's not one way to do art. Yeah, it's different. Um, there's so much media. You know, you can you can do film. You can mm -hmm. you can do sculptures. You can do paintings. 
you can do a lot of things. Um, so I, I think that's great that you ask those questions and they don't just think that they have to draw, you know, and, yeah. and just like just, you know, draw Mona Lisa or draw a perfect circle or something like that. Like, you know, what what do you want to do? I think yeah. kids, students definitely need more say so in what they learn. The fact that art still exists proves that it has to constantly be torn down and rebuilt. Like it always requires something new. Mm -hmm. And everything's already been done, but it's not been done like you've done it. So that's why you have to make it and tell your own version of it. So it just keeps, you know, it keeps going. Otherwise it would have died out probably 10,000 years ago. In the Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we believe that we are in a a Renaissance right now, uh, an area, a period of enlightening. Um, people are just opening their eyes to so much more, to themselves, to their environment. It's like we're in a modern-day Renaissance. What do you think? Yeah, I think to a lot of people, it probably doesn't look like that. And... In reality, when we do look back on it, it probably will be seen as a renaissance, either right now or like directly after. You know what I mean? Like I think this time right now is gonna open the door for a lot of people to be able to come in and make bigger projects and more focused projects and more meaningful projects. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, this this time has inspired a lot of people. I know it's inspired me. If not anything in people, it's productivity that I feel like people have definitely been blasted with. And this thing, this is, is, is it's the most free time I've ever had. Coronavirus came. It's like a blessing in disguise for some and also not for others. But um. Sure. I think my my free time, I've been able to just create and really do what I want to do. So I love it. I love it too, Brock. It's just great. It's a great time for artists, I would say. Thanks very much for sitting down and talking with me today. It was great. You're so awesome, Brock. I'm so excited to to see what you do next. You are great. I I can't wait to hear more about your video and uh, I miss seeing you and um, I'm hoping, you know, we can go back to school at some point. But, can't wait uh, I can give you an actual hug. It probably, it probably won't be any time in 2020, but <laughs> air hug. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, keep us posted on your short film. Thanks, Brock. Bye. Bye.